The following program is a proud member of the Palaver family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palaver.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, Screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 41, and tonight we're going to take a look at some scary-ass real estate when Mr. Brad and I checked out the new mainstream studio release, Dreamhouse, starring Craig... I always said Kilborn, that's not it. <laughs> Daniel Craig, I wasn't even close, and Naomi Watts and all these other people. But then, we're going all the way to the Far East to check out a Hong Kong thriller called Dream Home. And let me tell you, this is a movie you're going to want to board up your doors and windows for. And finally, the crapshoot is back with another very interesting DVD release to talk about. So why aren't we talking about it already? Shut up, Patrick, and start the show. I can't, because i got to play this trailer I'm promo thing. You know, Just a minute, okay? God, so pushy. All right now, for all you boppers out there in the big city, all you street people with an ear for the action, I've been asked to relay a request from the Gramercy Riffs. It's a special one for Movie Meltdown. That's how we lie a bunch of movie geeks with a show about some crazy movies. And I do mean Movie Meltdown. Here's a hit with them in mind. Come check out Movie Meltdown. News, reviews, and interviews about your favorite thing, movies. $10 for the budget matinee. The budget matinee. This is why we don't go to the theater. That's right. Come by and check it out at moviemeltdown.com. I kind of want to be able to mix it up and and tie everything into one big conglomerated mess of movie geekdom. And I don't know if we we can. That's what we are. Movie Meltdown. For movie geeks, by movie geeks. Be looking good, movie meltdown. You hear me, babies? Good. Real good. Adios. Hey, everybody. It's great to be back with you again. Uh, You might be surprised to hear that little intro at the beginning, but yes, Scream Queens is now a proud member of the Palaver family of podcasts. So... The forums are up and running, and they're a chatter with all kinds of conversations. So head on over to www.palaver.com, that's P-A-L-A-V-R.com, look up Screen Queens, and get in on the chat. Let me know what's in your nightmare closet. So I know some of you are like, hey, where's the video episode about the trip to the wedding? Well, keep your pants on. The video is suffering through some technical difficulties, but rather than leave you guys stranded with no entertainment whatsoever, I decided to crank out a quickie episode just to sate your hunger, baby. So I'm not going to be talking about anything for more than like five or seven minutes or so. And um, yeah, Scott from the Satersphere should be pleased with that. So I won't interfere with him getting his hot oil treatment for his split ends. Interfere with that important time. Anyway, uh, so anyway, I, you know, you'll find out about the wedding later, but overall, the trip was great. It rained a lot, it was, <laughs> so the trip took longer than we expected, but the wedding itself was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. It was, like, even better than the royal wedding, and they didn't even have to wear vagina hats. Although, personally, I wish I had one to wear. So I can make it explode. Anyway, I'm not going to give you too much chatter today, because we have got too much to talk about. And very quickly. So, that much said, let's get down to business. Right after this little bit of boogie music. For boogieing. Boogie in nobody butt. That's nasty, man. What you talking about? Putting boogies in people's butt. You out your mind or something? You go to jail for doing something like that. Well, step aside, my friend. I've been doing. 
doing it for years. I say, sit on down, open your eyes, and open up your ears. Say, put a tree in your butt, put a, a bubble bee in your butt, put a clock in your butt, put a big rock in your butt. I say, put some fleas in your butt. I say, stop to sneeze in your butt. I say, put a tin can in your butt, I put a little tiny man in your butt. I say, put a light in your butt. I say, make it bright in your butt. I say, put a TV in your butt. I say, put me in your butt. So the big main studio release this past few weeks was Dreamhouse, starring Daniel Craig and Rachel Weisz and What's-Her-Ass from The Ring. What the hell is her name? What the hell is her name? Naomi Watts. And, oh, Christ, let's just listen to the trailer. Once upon a time, there were two little girls who lived in a house. You're so beautiful. Stay like that forever. Look at that. Wonder where they are now. Sweetie, are you okay? What are you so scared about? There's something out there. What were you doing in there? You live here and you don't know about the murders. What murders? The whole family was shot. The father survived. Who did it? The focus came down to the father. Peter Moore Slaughterhouse. Everybody who lives in this house gets killed. How could the neighbors not have said anything to us? The house has been empty a long time. I need to talk to you about one of your patients, Peter Ward. Let's make sure we're talking about the same man. That's not Peter Ward. That's me. You lived in this institution for five years, Peter. No. We released you seven days ago. I hate it when you leave. Look. They told me that you're not really here. What? You and the girls are dead. Did I do it? What do you remember? I left my wife and my family at home this morning. Who's at the door? There's something wrong with this house. You can't stay here. It's gonna kill you. Peter Ward, back! Once upon a time, there were two little girls who lived in a house. Okay, if that trailer sounded excited to you, if that trailer sounded exciting to you at all, just prepare to be disappointed. This movie is dull, dull, dull. And to make it worse, the big shocker twist is in the trailer. And it only comes like 40 minutes into the movie and it's presented like, <sighs> here you go. And the rest of the movie just limps along for another hour and 20 minutes. This is a terrible movie. Actually, it's not terrible. It's just boring. Extremely boring and extremely predictable. Mr. Brad saw it with me. He's laying in the back here because he's not feeling well. So he might, he might be chiming in with his ghost voice every now and then. But don't be afraid. It's not the ghost from the refrigerator. It's just Mr. Brad. But uh, we got to see it for free at a SAG screening. And I'm happy that we did because, man, this if I had paid $15 for this, I would have been severely disappointed. And it's really hard to figure out what went wrong here. You got a dream cast here, no pun intended. Um, the director, Jim Sheridan, won an Oscar, and he's, he does wonderful work. But this... Uh, you have to wonder if it was studio interference or something, because something happened with this movie because neither Rachel Weisz or What's-Her-Butt-From-The-Ring, whose name I can never remember, Naomi Watts, or Daniel Craig is doing any publicity for this movie at all. They refused. So... I don't know, seems like a couple of people got their toes stepped on or something, and it just... <sighs> Boring. Boring, says the ghost from the back. And, you know... <sighs> now, something else the ghost voice of Mr. Brad wanted me to uh, include in this review is that the, the script just didn't want to commit to anything. It would bring up some topic and then just kind of, you know, here's this idea and they're just gonna shy away from it and hope you forget about it and then they bring up something else and it'd be like 
um, yeah, okay, that's is interesting, right? Okay, hold on, I'm going to do something boring for another 20 minutes. And, um, hey, remember that thing? Oh, you don't? Okay, don't worry about it. That's what it was like. God. And it's credit, you know, you got this great cast, and so they're bringing something to it that's not really there. You know, they're doing as much as they can. Their relationship's really interesting, but the story's not. It's just not. There's no surprises. We knew who the real killer was the second we laid eyes on him in the first reel. And, you know, I'm probably going to spoil all of, all of this because it's a terrible movie. And there's this whole twist at the end, which I also saw coming because this guy writes novels. I'm like, I bet this is all his novel. And surprise, it's all his novel. Who cares? Save your money. Evidently, this was supposed to be based on an Asian movie. What Asian movie? I do not know. But do not be fooled that it has anything to do with Dream Home, which is the movie I'm talking about in the next segment. Do not equate the two. They're nothing to do with each other, and the other movie is far superior. And I gotta tell you, in the first five minutes, I got excited because he's in his office and he's resigning from his job forever the fuck he does. And all of a sudden, I'm like, <gasps> I know who that woman is. One of his secretaries was Lynn Griffin, who was, way back when, the original victim in Black Christmas, the little Claire who got smothered in the closet. And I'm like, oh, it's Lynn Griffin, it's Lynn Griffin. And I got really excited last year because she was on that ABC series Happy Town, and she was really weird and freaky and scary, and she's really fat now, which doesn't add, which helps with the freaky and scary, but uh, that got canceled before it was over, and she was only in this for about two minutes. And I was like, oh. And Daniel Craig's great and everything, but he just, He's not a warm, fuzzy, fatherly character, so I kept waiting for him to go all ninja on his daughters, which which, which would have been exciting. However, you do get to see him with the shirt off a lot, and he's got that chiseled man chest, which was rather disturbing in, in Cowboys and Aliens. It's because it reminded me of Ricardo Montalban's man cleavage from uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, but it's a little less freaky ass here. But um, you don't need to see the movie for that. You can go look at him online. You can just Google pictures of him with the shirt off if you want to see a shirt off, you cheap whore. Did I just call you a cheap whore? Cheap whore. Thank you, Mr. Brad. Yes, Mr. Brad affirmed that I did just call you a cheap whore. But you know what? You can save your $12 or however much it costs to see you, and you can buy, your, buy me something pretty. So next time I won't call you a cheap whore. I'll just call you a whore. Dreamhouse, forget it. Next! This is more boring than the movie. Shut up! Thank you. Hold on to your pampers, bitch asses. It's time for the crap shoot. <laughs> Paul. 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 So the crapshoot segment of the program, as many of you already know, is when I dive headfirst into the vast sea of direct-to-DVD horror movie releases in search of that diamond in the shit pile. Did I find it this week? Oh, boy, no, I really didn't. But you know what? Just things to talk about nonetheless. So sit back, relax, and let's take a listen to Fraternity Massacre on Hell Island. I had this one chewer on top like this, and the other one was down here, kind of like, I was just kind of going, yeah, I was spanking her. Hell night is real simple. All you gotta do is spend the night on the island. You know the brothers are gonna be dicking with us tonight, right, guys? Oh, yeah. duh. Yeah. You're like a young Luke Skywalker, about to leave Tatooine with Obi-Wan. You fraternity hoodlums ruin everything you touch. The governor has said he would pull our state funding if one more mental patient escaped. First of all, there's a psycho clown out there. He's killing everybody. No, 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 this thing is really happening. Second, I'm gay. I don't like your trash talk. Okay. 
down! Put the knife down! Come on, let's go scare some pledges. We just saw like five bodies in the museum. Dude, we just saw two dead bodies in the courtyard. Tonight's Hell Night, isn't it? Oh my god, they're dead. That's the oldest Hell Night trick in the book. No, no, it's true. Seriously, half the fraternity is dead. One, two, three. Isn't that the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Oh, yes. Why did you kill all my friends? Sacrifices will have to be made. Okay, when I picked this off of my Netflix, well, actually, it wasn't even in my Netflix queue. I just saw it when I was cruising through, checking out the new meat. And this title popped out of me, and it was just so stupid, and I was in the mood for something stupid, so I started watching it. And hey, guess what? I got something stupid. But however, I was not prepared for this to be a gay horror movie at all. When I went back and read the, uh, the description, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it is. But I went in on my title alone. Because the first thing you see in the movie after the opening credits are two frat boys in bed making out butt naked. I'm like, okay. So this is the kind of movie it's going to be. But it is and it's not and it is and it's not. First of all, let me just say this movie was made for shit. I mean, there's no budget involved. It looks like a college prank more than a movie. And 99% of you will absolutely hate it. But there's 1% who's weird like me who will find it oddly charming. It's completely inept on every possible level. The acting's awful. There are almost no special effects. All the kills are off screen. But there's this goofiness to it that was working for me in this really bizarre way. Maybe I was, you know, I'm still bereft, I guess. Maybe I was feeling, I don't know. But, okay, so this movie had everything. Not only does it have a slasher and a clown suit, it's got, and homosexual frat boys, but it's got... Four ghosts, four musical theater ghosts who are trapped doing a musical review for all of eternity because of a gypsy curse. Uh-huh. There's about 85 possible suspects, all with the weirdest possible, you know, character quirks. I was just, I was, it, it, I was waiting for aliens and werewolves to show up, and this movie would have been absolutely perfect. As a plot, there's really not much to discuss. It's a fraternity initiation for their hell night. They're going out to this island. And they're going to spend the night. And But here's where... Okay, there's so many people... Fu- this bleh, bleh. There's so many fucking people in this movie. I don't know who's who. Like, all the frat boys are pretty much identical. And they're all wearing the same thing. And you don't get any... You spend no time with them. It's just, okay, that guy's dead. And okay, that guy's dead. And that guy's not dead. But it doesn't really matter because it's just so fucking goofy. Not even trying to make a movie. But on top of this, on this same island are these four... Musical theater performers who were doing a, you know, 4th of July review there one day, and some gypsy told up, came up and told them how great they were, and, she, and they told her to fuck off, so she cursed them, so that they would die that night and be forced to perform this patriotic variety show for all of eternity, for all of, for all of eternity, until they can find someone to replace them. Now, maybe it's my musical theater background, but this portion of the story did appeal to me, because I've been in musical reviews. That feel like they are some kind of a gypsy curse, and you will be forced to perform to perform in them forever. Probably wearing fringe with sequins on it and singing like "I'm proud to be an American," where at least I know I'm free, while using sign language. Don Windsor, you know what I'm talking about. David Robiano, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I probably shouldn't have used your last names. Oh well, but. <laughs> ah! So now, on top of that, there's this clown going around killing everybody. And there's crazy ex-girlfriends running around, and there's an escaped lunatic who's on the loose, and there's some angry frat guy who went crazy years ago, who it might be him too, and it's all just really weird. It's shot in Memphis. I recognize the little pyramid thing from the side of the road. I don't know where the fuck this island is, but it's weird. It's like in the middle of the river, but you can see cars going by on either side, so it's not a particular far swim to any... I don't know why nobody could leave, but they just couldn't leave. But it doesn't really matter. I'm talking really fast, because it's that exciting of a movie. But... <laughs> The worse it was, the more I was enjoying it for some bizarre reason. The humor is really juvenile, and it seemed like any idea they had got thrown into the movie. And for that, I kind of applaud them. And the fact that I picked up a distributed rock on. <laughs> I mean, I just gotta say that the killer clown in this is just so lame. Kevin Kang is, if you're listening, Shivers needed to, needs to, like, give, like, night school for these wannabe killer clowns, because this guy was just sad. 
he was sad. He didn't deserve to wear his floppy nose or his floppy nose and his squeaky shoes is what I was going to say. Forget it, Patrick. Just forget it. This movie is crap. It's crap, but I didn't hate it. It might be fun at a party if you're really, really drunk or otherwise. Woody, hi. Oh, and the other thing that was kind of refreshing, that for a gay horror movie, it didn't have a lot of the gay horror movie trappings. Like, the guys were not all body beautiful, you know, off the cover of various magazine types. They were just Joe Schmoes and really dorky, and that was working for me, too. Because, you know, what can I say? I like my dorks. I mean, I didn't say that. I meant I like my non... You know what? Shut up. That's what I gotta say. Shut up. Fraternity Massacre in Hell Island. <laughs> it helps if you're high. I was listening to the Night of the Living podcast a couple of weeks ago when they had their special guest, Lewis Fowler, on, and uh, he lost their straight-to-video Russian roulette segment, which is similar to the crapshoot segment. He was assigned to watch a movie called Dream Home. Now, this is not to be confused with Dream House, which I just talked about. And it's really unfortunate because these, that these two movies have such similar titles because Dream Home blows Dream House out out of the water. Like, they're not even in the same ocean. They're not even... You know what? Let me just play the trailer. I'm gonna play the trailer. Hold on, hold on. Wait, shh, 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 shh. I'm playing the trailer. Ever since she was a little girl, she dreamed of living at the top of the world. But after a lifetime of working her way in... Elite residents will do anything to keep her out. Now, to get the home she's always desired, she's going to have to slash more than just the price. Okay, so Dream Home is uh, an Asian horror movie, and since it's filmed in Hong Kong, I'm going to assume it's in Chinese. Now, I'm completely ignorant on the subject, and I'm just making an educated guess, so if I'm wrong, please don't beat me up, but I think it's Chinese. Anyway, I wish I could have gotten Mr. Brad to watch this movie with me, because he spent a lot of time in Hong Kong years ago on business, so he has his own opinion on the city and everything, and the living conditions in Hong Kong is a central theme of this movie. Anyway, it's the story of this young telemarketer, woman, chick, person, and, you know, she's had this lifelong dream of living in this condo by the sea. 
One thing the movie gets really clear is that just how shitty the housing situation is in Hong Kong. I think it's bad here in New York, but it seems like we're really not far behind them. Um, it's incredibly overcrowded. The wages are incredibly low. Most people are well under the poverty line, yet the, the real estate prices just keep going up and up and up and up and up for these shitty closet size apartments, and it's just awful. Normal people can't live there. Naturally, this is very frustrating. And, you know, when they show cityscapes of, of, of Hong Kong, it's really distressing. I'm just going, where are the streets? It's just building on top of building. It's hard to tell where one building stops and the other one ends, and they all just are shitty and run down. I'm like, ew. This place is gross. And when you find out how much people are paying to live there, I'm like, ah, terrible. Anyway, so this pro girl has this dream of living in a condo by the sea. But, you know, situations being what they are and real estate people being incredibly corrupt and the government being incredibly corrupt, it's just not going to happen. So she takes extreme measures. Now, I don't want to spoil this because this is a great, brutal movie. I mean, eye-poppingly brutal stuff goes on here. It's incredibly gory, which is why Mr. Brett could not possibly watch this with me. His head would have just fallen off and rolled out the door, and the cat would have used it as a cat toy. And as hilarious as that would have been, I don't want that to happen, because then I have to go looking for his head, and it's going to be under the fridge, and it'll have all dust buddies on and everything. I'm way off the point. Now, what's interesting about this film, when it starts off, it starts off with this brutal murder of a security guard. I mean, the gore in this is incredibly, I don't want to say realistic, but in very, very convincing. And it seems to be all practical, no CGI stuff at all, and it's just shock after shock after shock. So this is cruel and brutal murder of a security guard. And now we go back in time, and we meet the girl who's committing the crime. And the film is just cut back and forth between her committing this long series of crimes in this apartment building, and her going spiraling down that road to her winding up there. And I'm looking at the two halves of the film going, how did this nice girl end up committing that crime? Because what that was was horrific. So both ends of the film are working really well because I'm going, this, this poor girl, she's got it so bad and she's trying so hard and everything just sucks and everyone around her just sucks and I feel really bad for her. But not bad enough. <laughs> To say it's okay to do what she did to that person and that person and that person and that person because I'm throwing up in my lap quite often. But I was enjoying it, so that's okay. Like so many Asian movies are able to pull off, they were able to pull off both halves of this really, really well. There's a really solid, dramatic, touching story that could have been a Lifetime movie of the week or something. Or, you know, had it had Hillary Swank in it, it would have had some heartwarming, inspirational ending and she would have gotten an Oscar for it. Instead, it spiraled over into this horrifically violent film. But they're both happening at the same time, and they're, they're reinforcing each other quite well. I loved this movie. I didn't think they talked enough about it on the Night of Living podcast, which is why I wanted to talk about it here. But the thing is, I can't talk that much about it because it's that good. And it's really unfortunate that it hit Netflix Instant Watch at the same time that Dream House did, which is a shit house. Shit. shit. House. I probably made that joke a million times, but I'm recording this segment first, so I don't know. It's fresh to me. Shut up. And the thing that makes a movie extraordinary, too, is that, like I said, these acts of violence are, are just unconceivably brutal. And yet, you understand what she's doing and why she's doing it. Well, maybe the, the true reason why she's killing these exact people is not clear until the end. But you understand this anger and frustration and everything. And you're kind of like, yeah, girl. Go, girl. Whoa, that's a bit too far, but go, girl. So as movie monsters go... This girl is amazing. Amaze-snatch. I don't want to say amaze-balls because it's a lame thing to say now, so I'm going to go with amaze-snatch. I really don't know what else to say about this film except go seek this one out. It's on Netflix Instant Watch right now. Rented. This is a buy. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is a buy, and you will not be disappointed. And if you are, fuck you. What do you want from me? You're getting this for free. God damn it. Dream home, dream horror movie. Dream, dream a little, dream, dream, I got nothing. Just go see this movie right now. I don't know what else to say. Leave me alone. Okay, bye.
Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, just calling in and uh, saying, you know, I've uh, been listening and uh, uh, sorry about your loss. Uh, Thank you. You know, I hope when it's my time, I'm surrounded by family like uh, like your sister was. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I lost my mom on a Christmas day. Oh, gosh. Uh, back in 2002. So uh, you've been a real trooper uh, mm-hmm. carrying on with the show. You're doing a great job. I know what it's like to uh, deal with grief, but I know you want to move on from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm doing what I uh, love to do on a Friday night. My kids are asleep, and I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to talk about a little different media. I know everybody calls about movies, but has anybody played Dead Island? Oh, not uh, yet. No, I haven't. Which is a great uh, zombie smashing game. I've never had a... I've played Left 4 Dead, which I think you have, too. Yes. And... Uh, uh, Dead Island has uh, probably the most satisfying uh, zombie smashing mechanics I've seen in a video game. <laughs> awesome. Uh, also, on the movie side, uh, I would imagine you're an Alien fan. Uh, is anybody excited about uh, Prometheus uh, coming out next year, which is Ridley Scott's what started out as an Alien prequel, but as uh, he's saying, it's grown into something bigger. Hmm. But he's got H.R. Giger signed on and everything, so it still oh, looks awesome. kind of like an Alien prequel. Uh, but Patrick, really enjoying the show. Uh, you've made me laugh a lot on my commute into the city on a lot of days when I <laughs> Thank feel pretty you. grim. Uh, hope you and Mr. Brad are well. Take care of yourself, buddy. Uh, hopefully, uh, hear from you on the podcast. Bye bye. Tony, Tony, Tony. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, not only just because you're from Huntington, Long Island, which is my old stomping grounds, but you know how excited I get whenever I talk to a first-time caller! Yay! I feel like Oprah. Anyway, gosh, Huntington. Oh, so many good times I used to have in Huntington. Uh, what was the place we used to hang out at all the time? Uh, Huntington Village Inn. The uh, horse head, the, 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 Nags Head Ale House or something like that. Good times. I was also at the Long Island's first ever gay pride parade, which is right through the streets of Huntington. I don't know what else I got to say about that. Anyway, I'm glad I entertain you on your commute. Believe me, when I was commuting from Long Island to the city and starting to listen to podcasts, I don't know what I would have done while stuck in traffic if I hadn't had some other lunatics to listen to and make me laugh. Um, Dead Island, I'm excited to hear you you mention it. I, I do like horror games and all that stuff. Uh, if you're on the Xbox, I don't know why you're not friends with me. Red Menace, NYC. Get on that. And, um, although I don't talk about them very much because I can't afford the new stuff when it comes out. I wait for it to, you know, you know, get to the, you know, lightly used bin and such like that. But I'm glad to hear it because, like, as I've said on the show before, I'm not a big fan of zombie movies. But when it comes to blowing the shit out of them, I'm all for that. And Prometheus, to be perfectly honest, I didn't even hear about this. I, you know, for someone who's supposed to be on the pulse of things, I'm surprised I didn't hear about this. But I am excited because I love Ridley Scott anyway, um, Hannibal notwithstanding, and uh, I, I've loved the Alien sagas. I, I even kind of liked the fourth one with Renona Ryder that everybody hated. But um, yes, what's not to love? You got H.R. Geiger on, 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 on board. It's going to be cool. And if it's not, we'll all pretend it's cool because it's a mainstream release and it's a, an Academy Award winning director. We can be all pretentious and shit. And that's what we all live for, isn't it? Isn't it? I don't know. I'm just making shit up now. Anyway, Long Island guy to Long Island guy. What's up, yo? And um, thank you for calling in. Talk to you soon, I hope. Hey, Patrick. It's Zombart. Hey, Zombartito. Uh, that lovely DC traffic. Ooh. And I thought I hadn't uh, talked to your voicemail for a little while, so I thought I'd call and uh, talk a little bit. Um, 
just wanted to uh, throw a quick movie review out while it was on my mind. I caught Juan, White Ghost, Black Ghost. Yes, I've a, seen it on the shelves. Uh, a movie that's on uh, Netflix streaming right now. Oh, is it? And okay. it is a movie, I guess, that was made as the 10th anniversary of the Juan series. And Juan, for those not to know, are the grudge movies. Um, this is basically the white face girl and the little boy and the cat sounds and all that. Meow. Well, this is a, uh, a, a movie that came out that's two Meow. stories. Um, and the stories are done basically the same way that the, uh, original Juwan the Curse movie, um, that's made for TV that was done overseas was done. Yes. And, um, I gotta say that it was good. It's oh. nothing new at all. It's just... Oh. Another case of the Juwan stuff. Grunginess. And Grunginess. It's the same Shut kind up. of thing where you faces appear out of nowhere and things are behind you and there's always something about to jump out. Um, but I gotta say that this one, unlike the Grudge movies and the American versions, this one got me back feeling like I did when I first saw the original Juwan, the Curse series. Um, and I think it's mainly because of the style in which it's done. It's done mm -hmm. with kind of like uh, home video cameras, but like, I don't know, it's, it's the look to it. It doesn't look finished. I think it's, uh, a, maybe it's a digital video of it. Um, and the minimalist kind of style. There's lots of um, times where the soundtrack drops out. Oh. And we were t you were talking the other day when we were discussing... Uh, are you afraid of the dark or don't be afraid of the dark mm -hmm. and about mood and how movies can scare you and how that's the kind of stuff you want. And I would throw this as an example of something that okay. was extremely full of mood and suspense. Mm. And there was times, because you know, I was watching it alone, and I was sitting in that chair mm. that's in the middle of the room, so I always wonder what's behind me kind of thing. Um, I thought it was a pretty scary movie. It was pretty good. Um, except when you saw the ghost, because the ghost makeup is fun. probably the worst of any of the Grudge movies so far. It uh. was kind of like a, like they took a, uh, uh, like a screen mask or something. It was just bad looking. Uh. Only for the first part. Only for White Ghost. For for Black Ghost, the second story, Black which ghosts is far superior of the two, Black ghosts and actually gets into things like child abuse and like Black a real different kind of angle on it, um, was pretty good. But they're both told the same way as the old Juans. It's it's going to be uh, people getting attacked for random reason. It's done episodic, like you see a chapter or name, uh, you see someone for a little while, ghost gets them, and then. Later on in the story, everything kind of slowly starts tying in Meshing in together. the final few chapters. Like you have, a fishnet oh, okay, stocking but this is, on Eudora Sprinkles. kind of an interesting way to tell the story because people are getting attacked for no reason, so Blech. it's like always a surprise. Unless you're just assuming, oh, well, Meep. this is the person's name, so this is when that person gets attacked kind of thing, which, you know, you could probably make that assumption. <laughs> but anyway, I would give it a recommend especially if you're fans of the Zulon series. Mm. I think it's some chills, and there are some neat little things in it that are like, ew, and like creepy, and, you know, some, some good ideas in there. Uh, just poor ass makeup, but, you know. Ass makeup? Um, ew. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I just wanted to drop that real quick, and I think I'm hanging up before you hang up on me, so I will talk to you later. Toodles. Oh, snap. Okay, Zombart, thank you for calling in, as always. Um, so we got two recommends from the Far East this weekend. Juon... White Ghost, Black Ghost, and uh, Dream House. Dream Home. Who? See, I'm making my own mistakes now. Uh, I, yeah, I, I saw that had come out, and I didn't see it because I'm, I'm a mixed bag with the Jew on movies. Um, I, I like them. I like the mood, but they get repetitive for me after a while. I'm like, okay, I get it. You went in the house, you're going to die. Okay, I got it. You went in the house, you're going to die. Um, and I find something very sad about them, too, because these people, for the most part, didn't do anything wrong or deserve what's coming at them. And it's just depressing. It's like a disease. Maybe it's a metaphor for disease. I don't know. Um, but you did mention the American Grudge. And I don't know if people know this. If you see the unrated cut of that, it's actually a, quite a different movie. The gore that they cut out is pretty spectacular and does make it a better movie. Because I saw it in the theaters and was like, meh. But when I saw it at home in the unrated, I was like, wow, that was vile. What that has to do with anything, I don't know. But um, 
it's worth checking out. That's all I gotta say. But all right, I will take a look at that, Mr. Zombart. And if I don't like it, I know where you live. You think I don't, but I do. <laughs> and um, thanks for calling in. Bye. Hey, Patrick. It's Mel from Toledo. The oh. Green Queen. Spoiler. Hi, Mel. I wanted to uh, apologize about that uh, whole nasty, nasty episode with the reef. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, too late for uh, stars now. Well, you know, you can beat me with a wet noodle, I guess. It, it, I deserve it. Dream on. I uh, did want to mention the, the comment you made about the boogie boards. Um, oh, yeah, I I was familiar with that. But uh, the reason why that didn't actually dawn on me was Am because he you know, had broken up the boogie board again? into, like, sections. So it was kind of square in, in shape, and they were just kind of holding onto it like a, a flotation pillow. So, <sighs> you know, uh, I'm still going with, you know, this, it wasn't an instinct. It wasn't a seal appearance. That shark just hated boogie boards. And that's my story. I'm you know what, but this... The um, shark would have showed up for lunch. As far as sharks are concerned, yeah, Jaws is a huge, huge horror influence on me. Um, it, it's probably, honestly, my favorite film of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's one of those things that I try to make sure I watch every summer, uh, and I do mean every summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a, a celebratory thing for me. I pretty much have the movie memorized, but I don't care. I love it. And so, you know, I really got into sharks as a result of it. I remember watching the film in the theater with my parents and just absolutely <laughs> freaking out. Yes. Um, it scared the crap out of me. And so uh, I had to for me. water for a little too. bit, but I've gotten over that. And now I'm probably going to be one of those crazy people who enjoys, you know, uh, getting enough money together to go to the Red Triangle and, you know, getting into the cage and, you know, swimming around with the sharks. And, you know, eventually I will be eaten by one. Yeah, here And on everyone who knows so that figures. Uh, so, Saw that know, coming. On the other hand, if I manage to survive, I will send you and Mr. Brad an invitation to come help me hunt down the thing and eat it. Because, you know, hey, one good turn deserves another. Yeah, Brad doesn't like fish, though. But that's not why I called. What do you want? Um, to review, uh, first, Troll Hunter uh, took Zombart's uh, recommendation. Please be uh, careful. Actually, I haven't seen it yet. watched it uh, with Tom Kristen from Toledo as well. Um Really, really good film. Oh, um, I would, I would have to say, give it a seven out of ten. Definitely. Okay. Um, the effects were surprisingly excellent. Uh, the troll work and uh, the storyline and the movement are uh, really well paced. Um, and that shaky cam wasn't really all that bad in this film. Uh, yeah, and I kind of started developing appreciation for that documentary style that you know. Uh, we see in Cloverfield and in the Blair Witch and now in Troll Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problems I actually really had, um, and no spoilers at the time, um, were the, the Troll Hunter's motivations uh, at the end of the film, why he was... La, 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 la. And, and, you know, it, it kind of left you up to kind of guess uh, what was going la, on. La, 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 scientific explanations that they had actually certain things or you know had you know certain uh traits or problems i don't like any of this i thought they were you know i thought it was very well done i just wish they would have the one thing they didn't cover was you know the trolls smell the blood of a christian man I realized he's got to spoil everything in the movie. But I would have enjoyed actually, you know, uh, hearing them attempt that since they were doing it with everything else. But overall, um, great flick. I would love to watch it again. And I I definitely recommend it to all the listeners. Well, thank you. you. Um, The second film is Insidious. Uh, This one was completely on recommendation from Kristen who absolutely loved the film, so uh-huh. she sat both Tom and I down to actually watch it. And, uh-huh. um, it it was, uh, I have to agree, one of the scariest films I've actually seen in a long time. And Good! The ambiance like... of everything. Mm-hmm. Is, everything is so meticulously done to make this film creepy and suspenseful like your and just butt. spine-tingling. Uh, like the opening credits, butt. you know, Kristen had said that they were... Uh, just phenomenal, wanted us to pay particular attention to them, and they were. Uh, just the whole 
still set up in everything and the, the little uh, Easter eggs that were you know in most of the stills. Um, uh, I've heard a lot of things about uh, it being. He's coming up on the buzzer, guys, and I can see. Ooh, I'm sorry, Mel. Tisk, tisk, tisk. And the winner of the Little Miss Zombard Award for this week is Mel. Congratulations, dipshit. First of all, you don't bother to quit your job to come meet me for lunch, and then you try to make up for it by babbling endlessly on my show and running over my carefully delineated time limit for your voicemail message. This is not the way to win yourself back into my good graces. Okay? It's better if you had me scatting like Ella Fitzgerald with diarrhea all during your, your, your review of Trollhunter, but now this. Really, I'm ashamed of you. You make Toledo look bad. Shame. Shame. Ah, crap. It's uh, Mel again. Look, everybody, Toledo. it's Mel. Um, yeah, I went past What a surprise. Time. I've now entered the annals of everyone else that you're going to yell at for taking too long. So, my bad, but I figured I'd call and at least finish my points up. Oh, but, lucky us. You know, as I was saying concerning the movie Insidious, um, a lot of people were talking about the Poltergeist references. I could see some of it. Um, you know, there definitely were a few elements, you know, like the medium element, the ghost hunting element, you know, uh, you know the team that they bring in. Um, and, you know, without getting into it, you know, some of the, the, the solutions that they were looking at. But it was very vague, and, you know, they took, you know, the, the very basic elements in that and, and made it their own and went in a completely different direction. And it, it was dark, it was sinister, and uh, ultimately, uh, I love how uh, the ending actually turned out, and uh, uh, okay, how they okay, played okay. that out. I was expecting one thing, uh, and I kept waiting for that one thing, and you know, we were all talking about that one thing, and then they did something else. And I, I, I like to pride myself on seeing it coming. I didn't. So I was... I was pleasantly surprised, and you know, definitely giving that one, uh, you know, a, a good nine point five out of ten. Oh, uh, definitely wow. recommend it um, to anyone who's interested in ghost stories. But uh, love listening to the show. Uh, once again, sorry about the whole three thing here. I will yeah, try to be me. better. Take it easy. Oh, P.S. Still not um, done. That was just cold, man. You, you you left me hanging in in Toledo when you came through with Mr. Brad, and you went out with Tom and Kristen, and and I had to work, and and then you had to call and taunt me about it. Uh, it just wasn't good enough. You just you had to rub it in. Yes. Have you been listening to the show? Hello. You know, I, I think I think we can call it good for the whole spoilers thing. Hmm? All right. Catch you guys later. Not anymore. It's on. This race, this battle has just begun. Shut up. Listen, Tom, if you're going to be a slave to the corporate demigods and not quit when I come through town, I don't want to hear about it. And by the way, yeah, we we were hoping to meet you guys on the way in instead of on the way out. But what's the first lesson of Scream Queens? Granted, I haven't brought this up in a while, and Lord knows when you started listening, but if you go back and listen to your back episodes, you will learn... The rule number one is a queen has the right to change his mind. So suck it up, Buttercup. That's just the way it is. I'm glad you liked Insidious, though. I got a kick out of it, too. And as for the uh, Poltergeist comparison, as I was telling Kristen at the lunch date that you skipped out on, that you chose not to come to, um, when I saw it with the Dark Side Horror Movie Meetup group, it was at... um, a special screening long before it opened, and James Wan, the director, and Patrick What's-His-Butt, the star, were there, and they talked a lot about it, and James Wan had said that he got together with the whoever the, the other co-writer was and said that they wanted to write a tribute to all the movies that scared the hell out of them growing up, the main one being Poltergeist. So you can uh, I understand all the Poltergeist influence in there because that's what scared them. And I didn't feel like it stole anything from it. It was just casual nod, casual nod, casual nod. And Lynn Shea in a gas mask is scary. I know a lot of other podcasts were like, I didn't get that. That was so stupid. I'm like, you know, do you watch Law & Order? Do you watch old law programs? Did you ever see when the person doing, um, not dictation, what the hell is that called? Damn it. 
You know, the court recorder is taking, you know, whatever, dictation, whatever you want to call it. And some of them, they don't type. They wear this weird gas mask type thing, and they whisper into the thing. And it's freaky looking, and that's what they were going for. And you know what? It worked for me. And if it didn't work for you, you can suck a butt. You can start with mine. See, why do we always have to go to the gutter? Why do people like you have to call up and make me go into the gutter? You know what? The show is done. Done. No more show. I'm not talking about anything anymore because you people make me have piggy mouth and piggy mind. Yeah, it's all your guy's fault. <laughs> it's not a trait I was born with. It's your guy's fault. Nah. So let's wrap this puppy up for another week, shall we? Oh, yes, we shall. Now remember, if you want to be like all these cool people who called in, you can call me at 347-767-3509. Or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. Or you can get involved in the conversations over at palaver.com. That's right, palaver.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Leave out the A for A. I also want, now before we go, I just also want to thank everybody who voted uh, to nominate me for the Best GLB Podcast Awards over at uh, podcastawards.com. The voting is closed now, and results will be uh, announced in November, so keep your fingers crossed, or whatever you want to have crossed. Cross your titties if you like, if you can. Ooh, mental image. Anyway, now, the Halloween season is upon us, so we shows might be getting a little more frequent, a little bit shorter, a little more frequent, because there's haunted houses to visit. And we're going to have a lot of special guests coming up soon. Plus, I think the first episode of Drama Queens is going to be coming out soon as well. So, we got content coming. Well, out your butt. Push the show. Out your butt. Make a big hoe come out your butt. Stop it, Patrick. Good Lord. So, until next time, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Boy, if you got my grandfather clock in your butt again, you can keep it. Bye! I go hunting for witches Heads up, galleries roll Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com Bitches! Ha 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 